0: Can you be specific, My Who I don't know. a
1: breath And I looked out and there was this big red blinking UFO. I can just say this. Something's going on in the woods. Something's going on. They're not dogs. They're not coyotes. What could it be, right?
0: I had an encounter with a skunk ape, and it completely altered the course of my life. I found this call. are you guys going to want to come build this? Put him out, 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 put out. I just say it. I just say it. it. Sightings of
2: a UFO hovering over a barn. (laughs) Millie woke up from a dream, and when I went into the bedroom, she said, there's a monster on the wall.
0: They saw that the creature had run through a barbed wire fence. Able to obtain hairs. They sent the hairs to their lab and it came back as an unknown creature.
1: Bizarre, Bizarre Encounters with Shane and the Ghost. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another weekly fun episode of Bizarre Encounters. With me, as always, is my hippie Sasquatch buddy. How's it going? I'm Shane. <laughs> And I'm the guy that stands back in the corner and you can't see him. I'm a ghost. And uh, this week, spooky. I'm the spooky guy. So, uh, yeah, before we jump into to our guest today, uh, make sure you go and leave us a five-star rating and review over at Apple iTunes. Um, even if you leave a five-star and a shitty review, that's that's cool, too. Also, if you're not all about leaving a review, hit us up on Spotify. All you have to do is hit that five-star and walk away. And it's that simple. And it just helps our show grow, gets us in the algorithms a little bit more, and more people can, you know, check out what we have to offer. Also, if you go over to Telegram and Instagram, you can find Bizarre Encounters over there, as well as Open Minds Media. Uh, and Shane has a whole link with, with Open Minds Media and, and uh, stuff that he's doing on his side of, the, of things. And like I say all the time, guys, I'm I feel... I, and it, it's no disrespect, but Shane put so much fucking work into this. That it, it I don't, I don't know when the kid sleeps. I really don't. <laughs> and he, he does such an amazing job with booking guests, uh, promoting our social media. You know, getting us, uh, you know, a little like we did with the the t shirt giveaway and and what have you. So you know, go over to social media, hit us up, like us, DM us if you have an encounter. You know, we're all about talking with with uh, listeners and and all that. Also on my feed over at my third eye podcast on patreon.com, which is patreon.com forward slash my third eye podcast. I've been dropping the uh the sneak peek, I guess you could say, the, the I don't know, early access to the weekly episode a day or two early. That way um you, you can hear it over on, on uh my feed. I have a three and five dollar tier. It doesn't matter if you sign up for the three dollar tier; you're gonna get you're gonna get that as well. Um, and also, if you want to hit Shane's um, Patreon up, Shane, let people know where they can find your Patreon. So for me, for I I do a lot of stuff, so I kind of put it all under one
0: umbrella, kind of like uh, Ghost was kind of saying that I never get any sleep because I just do a bunch of shit. So uh, I do the Open Minds Media Patreon. Uh, there, you have early access to inquiries of our reality. Uh, you have early access to. Bizarre Encounters, you have access to Bite sized Bizarreities, um, early access to Inquiries of Our Reality, I already said that, to uh, <laughs> uh, Big Dumb Inquiries. Um, also too, something I'm starting to offer, um, I started doing live episodes of Inquiries of Our Reality, and I'm also doing now live episodes of this show. So um, I'm also going to start giving that link to Ghost so he can start posting on his Patreon too. And that'll just be a little extra bonus that all you guys get. You get early access to Bizarre Encounters episodes, and then you also get access to listening to the episodes live if you want to get it even more early than the early access. (laughs) So uh, definitely go check that out. Um, If you wanted to donate to the show in a different way, shape, or form, uh, you can come and donate on Anchor. Um, That's pretty much our only donation setup that we have currently, but we'll expand in the future if you you guys want different means of doing it. But it's just a little bit easier because that's also our RSS host, so everything kind of gets grouped in and thrown in together. Um, if you want to get yourself some awesome Bizarre Encounters merch, uh, I have the Open Minds Media uh, merch store. There you'll find, like I said, the four shows that I do. Uh, Bizarre Encounters, of course, and uh, you know if you guys want to go and get some My Third Eye merch, uh, of course, definitely go check out his store too. And uh, we also have a team up with uh, Crypto Theology, so. Joe, he's always doing some awesome work over there. He's got a bunch of crazy, awesome cryptid designs, and obviously, if you guys are here for this show, you know you're gonna love these cryptid designs. So go and check them out. Um, he's got you know a bunch of parodies of different band logos and things, uh, parodies of old shows, Then um, he's got his own series where they're like you know completely just about one specific cryptid in a specific location. Um, pretty cool. Definitely go check them out. Do yourself a favor. And uh, we recently did a giveaway. And that was, of course, a collab with Crypto Theology. And that shirt wasn't available at that time unless you were the winner of the giveaway. But now, awesome and special for all you guys. If you guys didn't win the giveaway and you really want one of the bizarre combat shirts, they are now available on the Crypto Theology store. So there will be a link down at the bottom. Uh, It's also available on our link tree. Um, There's going to be it's own separate tab that says Open Minds Media. And there we're just going to have all of our different collab designs in the future that we do. All of it's going to be thrown in there. It's going to be sweet. So definitely go and check that out also. And uh, before we get into the show, if you guys want to go and check out the link trees, everything that we mentioned above was all available on our link tree. Uh, go and check out l a n k t r period e slash Bizarre Encounters. And with that, welcome to the show, John Hickenbottom, naturalist. Well, uh, how's it going today, man?
2: Pretty good. Thanks for having me on.
0: Uh, for anybody that doesn't know you who who you are, a good place to start is uh, kind of give them an idea of who you are, what you do, and what exactly a naturalist
2: is. Yeah, so I'm the I'm the naturalist at Salt Fork State Park, um, which is sort of the unofficial Bigfoot capital of Ohio, um, and my main job is education. So, uh, I have a big part of what a naturalist does, we we actually uh, we're called interpreters. So, sort of like interpreting a language, we uh. We take concepts, instead of interpreting um, one language into another, uh, we take abstract concepts and ideas, things like uh, ecology, conservation, anything like that, and we break them down into um, digestible pieces for the general public, you know, things that, um, things that we can kind of teach people while they're on vacation at our park, that sort of thing. Um, so it's a big part of my job. Another part of my job is going, um, things like biological surveys, stuff like that, um, mapping, all of that, all of that fun stuff. Um, but because I work at salt work and have kind of a personal interest in a, a huge part of my job now is, um, talking about Bigfoot.
1: It's a good passion of mine as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, always had a, a strong love for the, the big hairy guy. Uh, I think all Do of you us have social media or anything that you want to plug that people. So could...
2: yeah, I mean, I've got a, I've got an Instagram that I didn't post on for four years and then started putting animals and critters and stuff up on it. So uh, you know it's public. I think it's just I think it's hick and bottom John. I think it just flipped them. So yeah, you can look me up on Instagram. Now, as far as the park stuff goes, if you uh, look up Salt Fork State Park on Facebook. Uh, all of our program schedules, all of that stuff gets posted on there. Um, but it's kind of separate from what I'm doing right now. Um, you know, we do, uh, through the summer, we do Bigfoot hikes. Um, I lead Bigfoot hikes at, uh, at Salt Fork and they're the most well-attended thing that we do. So if you're interested in, interested in coming along on one of those and seeing what that's all about, uh, those all get posted on, posted on the Salt Fork page, but otherwise I post... I don't know pictures of cool bugs and stuff that I find on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> most of my uh, most of my social stuff is like talking to people like you guys. You know, I uh, go into somebody's podcast and chat with them, and then people are disappointed when they get to my get to my Instagram page and it's pictures of snapping turtles and stuff.
0: <laughs> I mean <laughs> I'm on the side that finds that just as fascinating but yeah. I definitely want to talk about all that kind of stuff but like as far as uh, like the Bigfoot stuff goes yeah. um like where did the fascination with it start like were you already <clears throat> into it before you started your job or was it something well, that you know you're out in the field doing different things with yeah. other animals and then you started finding things and that's what sparked your fascination so this was
2: kind of, this is kind of complicated this is whenever anybody asks this it's always like man that's kind of it's kind of a weird complicated answer so like I did this thing that everybody does you know, every every kid goes through a period where they, like, find the one library book in their school library about the Loch Ness Monster or UFOs or something. They get real obsessed with it for a little while. And then it kind of, you know what I mean? They either stick with it and go full bore or it kind of goes away. And, you know, I, I read about Bigfoot and stuff as a kid and got into it. And my parents were big at, like, Unsolved Mystery fans. And we always, you know, we watched the X-Files and mm-hmm. stuff. So I've always liked that. And I've always loved science fiction and fantasy you know, um, big HP Lovecraft fan, you know, Ooh,
0: this, Yeah. HP yeah. Lovecraft. <laughs> um,
2: so like, I've always been <clears throat> into that sort of strange stuff, but, um, kind of let it go. And then, you know, I got into college and, uh, did the whole, um, did the whole, uh, you know, I got kind of skeptical and maybe even a little cynical about things. Cause you know, it's, you had, well, science, you know what I mean? And, uh, and kind of put the Bigfoot thing on the back burner. But uh, I mean, it's, it sounds a lot worse than it was, because it was one of those situations where I sort of, um, I, I knew all this cool stuff, I found all, all this cool stuff about the natural world, you know what I mean? And I wanted to share that with everybody. And I mean, I just didn't, you know, a, a blurry video, you know, a blurry recording from 1967 wasn't really the top of what I wanted to talk about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked a, f- a few different places doing natural stuff. And my background was kind of in reptiles and amphibians. So, uh, snakes, I was always a big snake guy and I got, uh, I grew up about 12 miles from Salt Fork. So that's kind of another part of it. As I kind of grew up with the whole grass man thing and all the like hubbub around it. You know, I mean, I, I remember going to one of the early Bigfoot conferences when Don Keating still um, ran it. I mean, I was a kid and, and like Cub Scouts, um, and some guy, you know, took us to the Bigfoot, the, the old Bigfoot conference in Newcomers Town, um, when, when I was like a kid, you know, and it, it was like an experience, you know, but I kind of grew up around it. So it was like, I grew up around it and I grew up hunting and fishing. It's all work and had never seen anything, you know, um, and sort of, I don't know, like I said, I kind of let it, let it go a little bit.
0: Had the fascination with the natural world. So it was more so just kind yeah. of part of it, but it kind of faded off just because it wasn't prevalent right, right in front of and you then, like uh, everything else was.
2: Well, and then I got back to Salt Fork and you kind of have to see things from my point of view. Like I, uh, I got a seasonal job at Salt Fork, where, which is where I wanted to be. I mean, it was the park that I grew up in. How lucky can you be at the park that you loved your whole life? You know what I mean? You get a job. So I went back to Salt Fork and I wanted to tell people about, All of these cool things, you know, and then like, I was spending 70% of my time talking to, you know, dads and tube socks and jean shorts about, you know, have you ever seen Bigfoot? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like that was, or like, it was either that, or I was talking to people who, I mean, I remember one of the early uh, conversations that I had with somebody, I I had a phone conversation with a lady who had claimed to have had, um, when she was young, had a, a... Bigfoot hybrid baby in Kentucky. Like she herself, yeah, yeah. Um, and they had to surrender it back to the Bigfoot tribe. That's with her words, the Bigfoot tribe, not not mine. But you know, the she called them a tribe. And I am like, did, they,
0: did she seem like serious to you? No, like, did you, she seemed you like maybe her?
2: mentally. She seemed like maybe <laughs> mentally ill. You know what I mean? Um, and like unhinged when I talked to her. Uh, but you know, that's the thing is, like, I had I had people who were doing the Bigfoot thing as like a lark. Or I had that, you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. uh, and it was like, you know, I just want to talk to people about like cool birds and bugs and stuff, right? So like that was kind of it. And the Bigfoot thing, I had done two, um, I had done two separate one-off Bigfoot hikes at Salt Fork uh, early on. This would have been 2012, 2013. I did two, and they were really well attended did them during the day, like they were afternoon hikes. So we didn't go out nighttime. It was more of a, you know, I wanted to approach it. Like if Bigfoot exists, this is what he's eating and this is what he's doing. And this, you know, he probably fits into these, you know, natural laws and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I did two of those that were just like one per season, uh, 2012, 2013. And then I actually transferred to another park um, willingly because it was a full-time gig, you know. Um, but what other park was this? Lake Hope, which has its Lake own, Hope. it has its own whole high strange. I started getting way more interested in like high strangeness and stuff when I'm when I worked at Lake Hope because it is it is a. I'm not convinced that it is a fixed point in reality. Like <laughs> it, it is a strange place. I mean, it's the least populated county in Ohio. That county, uh, Benton County, so it's definitely one of the stranger places. Um, around, but I, uh, so I I moved to Lake Hope and then I, I ended up transferring back to salt work a few years later. Um, well, three years later and, uh, and when I got back, the naturalist that had been there in the interim had kind of established a uh, volunteer led Bigfoot hike. So she had gotten to know a group of local Bigfoot researchers, like Ohio Bigfoot researchers, and she sort of farmed out the Bigfoot hike, you know, um, so she would sort of host it, and then they would do it, so when I got back, I'm like, well, why, you know, fix it if it ain't broken, you know what I mean, like, I'll just keep going with this, and that way I don't have to talk about it, you know what I mean, Um, but then things started getting weird, like, I, I stopped um, focusing on all of the people who were telling, like, all the people who were, um, you know, joking about, the Bigfoot thing and the, you know what I mean? Extremes on
0: both sides.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So I started talking to the people who had like no skin in the Bigfoot game who would come up to me and they were like, hey, we were on your hike last night. I saw something a couple of years ago that I can't explain. I've never thought about Bigfoot. We saw your hike. I'm like, maybe we can talk to somebody about it. You know what I mean? And, uh, they're not people who they, they're people who have no reason to, um, make it up, you know? And I started talking to people like that. And then I started really paying attention to the evidence. Like, um, and it got me, I mean, I'm still consider, I consider myself an open-minded skeptic. You know what I mean? Um, because I don't like a good the thing idea. To be. Of, yeah. I don't like the idea of like a believer because belief in any situation implies a measure of faith. And that's just not how science works. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't, you know, we were talking about, fermented foods before we got on air you know like you can't just have faith that your yeast is going to work like there's actual science for that you know what i Mm -hmm.
1: mean
2: like you can believe that you're fermenting cabbage all you want but that doesn't make it so you know what i mean you can't just turn a head of cabbage into sauerkraut you know uh because you believe hard enough um (laughs) you know there's science behind it
1: the way people are today they might they might push back on
2: that Right, oh, no. it. <laughs> that, no. that actually factors into it too. Um, whenever I talk about this with like academics, and they they kind of look, you know, sneer at the whole Bigfoot thing, which is surprisingly few anymore. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's fewer and fewer academics who like dismiss everything. Um, you know, but I don't
0: want to be on the wrong side once everything comes out <laughs> and actually right, somebody right. finds some real <laughs> real stuff.
2: <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I always I do point that out as like, you know, real or not, you know, um it is an exercise in critical thinking, and you're just as it being dismissive entirely one hundred percent dismissive is just as bad as saying, I heard a grunt in the woods, so I hands down one hundred percent know that Bigfoot exists. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's the say it's the same thing. Like you should be open to these sorts of things. Um so I started looking at the evidence um, and getting more and more into it, you know, reading all the classics I read, you know, Ivan T. Sanderson's stuff. Um, actually the first, um, the first real Bigfoot book, like in, you know, my, uh, library, the first one that I picked up was like the Ken Gerhardt, like the essential, the essential Bigfoot, you know, which was a pretty good, like starter, starter Bigfoot book, you know? Mm, definitely. um. Yeah. Yeah. So then I started getting into like the, you know, I got the Peter Byrne, the hunt for Bigfoot and uh, the Ivan T. Sanderson and then moved into like the Lauren Coleman's and all of those. And then, you know, now it's, you know, I've read and talked to so many people that I've got a good background in it, you know, which is kind of also kind of how I function. That's sort of my <clears throat> thing is like, there are things that I don't know anything about. Like if if the car breaks down here, my wife handles it. She, she's, mechanically inclined, you know? Um, but me, I have like little obsessions that I will learn as much as possible about, you know, and like completely exhaust every resource until I'm just bored with it and then move on to something else, you know, <laughs> but I'll still keep it. I'll still keep it. You know, if somebody asks me something, I mean, I've, I've done everything from like blacksmithing to, you know what I mean? Like, and there are things that I get obsessed with. So Bigfoot, I, I have tried to exhaust every resource and haven't made, you know, managed to do it yet so i'm um all it takes looking. is going to
0: another conference and then you have 30 more people to talk to with 30 different right. other and that's things it. to and say
2: it, <laughs> that's it it's a huge that's a huge part of it you know um i think i i think i talked a little bit with you i'm i'm like good friends with the sasquatch tracks guys um from north carolina and uh you know i like the way they approach it because like they approach it from a scientific standpoint you know um And they also approach it from like, Hey, if it's, even if it's not real, it's like part of our modern anthropology. It's part of our modern folklore. You know, uh, we have basically an unbroken thread of, you know, bipedal, hairy, hominoid looking, you know, beings. where there's an unbroken thread from now, you know, the most recent sighting, whenever that was the most recent sighting clear back into, you know, first nations. Uh, there've been stories about all of that. So it's, you know, that's a long stretch for a story to hold on to, you know what I mean, like for, for a, like, um, you know, for a story to exist, you know, so even if it's not, even if it's not quote unquote real, I think, I think it's, and I, I kind of point that out to people too, I'm like, you know, so Mothman is getting more and more recognition, but there are still parts of the country where you could go with a Mothman t-shirt, and no one knows what it is, you know what I mean? Like,
0: Sasquatch, you could go internationally and people know what exactly. It is you, yeah, you, you, slap a Sasquatch, <laughs> you put
2: a bumper sticker in your car and drive. I mean, you can drive anywhere in the country and people know that Sasquatch. Now, even if we don't, you know, that kind of makes it real, you know, it makes it real, at least as part of our collective consciousness, mm-hmm. you know? Um,
0: I like that idea of modern-day folklore, too, because, like, even yeah. if it doesn't happen to exist, like, it's weird to think that we still have folklore existing today, because we look at it as almost like a primitive concept, but it's, like, no, it still exists, still do, and we're still you know? creating it, you know? It's just different, we, even, like, Creepypastas, for example. We're, like, creating a new generation of folklore. The, that a whole new genera- look back.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you and I are probably the right age for to really have been into Creepypasta, pasta. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, like, I was, you know... Um, So yeah, the, uh, that's the, that's kind of the short part of it is that I I just got more into the evidence and got kind of a renewed interest in all of it. Um, And then um, a couple of things happened. Uh, So my mind got a little more open. Um, I started thinking more and more about the possibility of this happening. You know, uh, when, uh, when my wife and I were dating, um, she lived in Canton, Ohio, so a bigger, larger city. So I would go up there, uh, when we were dating, you know, I'd drive up there. It was only about an hour. Um, but I'd drive up there and we'd go out to live music and, you know, whatever we would do, you know, city things. And then she would come down here to BFE and I would take her squirrel hunting, you know, uh, cause that's how you date in Appalachia. Like, <laughs> you know, um,
0: best of both worlds,
2: <laughs> right? So, uh, so I had her out at Salt Fork, actually at the wildlife area once. And, uh, we, uh, we were, you know, out squirrel hunting and I heard, we heard this really long, low, mournful howl, you know? And, uh, I mean, and it really was loud, long, low, you know, and kept going and she kind of looked at me, she said, well, what was that? You're... And I am pretty good at animal noises. Like I, I do, I always joke with people. Like I, I speak pretty fluent owl, you know, like I can I can pretty much go into my backyard and call the owls in, you know? um, And so I'm good at animal noises, coyotes, bobcats, things like that, I'm all used to, you know? There's not a whole lot, like I, I've got 20 acres here that's well away from the city and it's really dark and I would have no, you know, I, there's nothing out there like that, I could hear right now that would freak me out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'd go, I you know, and I'm pretty good at identifying animal noises. I mean, I know a lot of bird. I, here in this part of Ohio, I mean, bird watching. I mean, fifty percent of bird watching in this part of the state is l- listening because everything is up in the top of the trees. You know, it's not they're not in like meadows and things. They're up in the tops of the trees where you can't really see them. So I'm, I've got a pretty good ear. Uh, I've even got a pretty good, like, musical ear, so I can usually tell if things are in key. Um, and I heard this sound, and she looked at me and said, what was that? And I said, I really don't know. And it did it a couple of times, and uh, we got back in the car after, we're, after we were done. You know, we moved around a little bit, didn't hear it anymore. And uh, on the way home, she was, like, YouTubing animal noises. And I said, hey, look up the Ohio how." And if you're not familiar, are you familiar with the Ohio Howl? the recording mm-hmm. from Columbiana mm-hmm. County. Yeah. I mean, that's like a, and that's a generic term now for, I heard an Ohio howl, you know, you can hear an Ohio howl in Colorado, you know? Um, but, uh,
0: it's kind of like Sierra sounds too. That's like, like the Sierra sounds, location yeah. specific, right. but you, people can use it internationally.
2: Right. Right. So, uh, she looked it up and she's like, oh man, that sounds it's just like what we heard. And I said, well, it's allegedly a Bigfoot, you know? Um, now, Here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thorn in it. Uh, I have no way of guaranteeing that that was not a research group that was staying at Fork with a Bluetooth speaker on the other Ridgeline. You know what I mean? Because Fork is so popular for that sort of thing. It's completely within the realm of possibility that there was some research, some small research group that we couldn't see on the other Ridgeline that had hoisted up a Bluetooth speaker to try to elicit a response and started belting out You know, could be potentially the same exact recording she was playing in the car, you know, Um, because I didn't see anything. There's no way for me to guarantee that. And uh, actually, Cliff um, and I have talked about it before, about Salt Fork being potentially overfished, you know. Uh, That's what I was going to say. You
0: have somebody on both sides playing Sierra noises back and forth thinking that they're hearing something from the other side.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know, you have no way of knowing that that's not what you're dealing with unless you actually see something. Or have some sort of physical evidence you know um <clears throat> so that's kind of uh that, that sort of started I, I i know that the next bigfoot hike that i did i kind of mentioned to the researchers that help out with it i said hey guys you know i heard i was out off of parker and uh heard an ohio howl you know and they wanted like specific locations and time of year and i gave it to them you know but I said, man, you know, I, I just can't shake the feeling that that was something, you know. Even if it was a research group, like, I know what I heard, you know, even if it was a recording. Um, and uh, so that happened. That renewed my interest a little bit. And I started getting into it on, like, a per- on my personal time. You know what I mean? I wasn't as involved with the park stuff and Bigfoot at the time. Um, and then uh, the pandemic happened. Um which kind of sucked all around. You know what I mean? That's like the understatement of the century, like getting locked. I mean, it, it sucked for everybody, but man, I, like I make a living talking to people, you know, like that's my, that's my job is to stand in front of people and talk. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, what am I going to do? I mean, I was really fortunate that like, there were plenty of things to do painting, painting buildings and things like that at work. You know what I mean? So I, started I figured there would have it.
0: been an up spike there, just, you know, people being separated. But I felt like there was a lot of people going to parks, at least in my state, when yeah, everything was going but, on. Yeah, and actually 2020 and
2: 2021 and 2022 have been, they keep topping how busy we've been. Like, it's been busier and busier and busier since the pandemic because people rediscovered the outside.
0: Mm-hmm. But and just even like Sasquatch, was, you know, for example, they rediscovered yeah. that too, sitting at home researching stuff. Mm-hmm. Now they want to go out and actually do it and find it yeah. themselves.
2: <laughs> and uh, so the one the one thing, uh, though, that happened was uh, we, uh, we didn't really, we weren't allowed to do public programming because of the social distancing rules. We didn't want to have people, you know, crammed together on, even on trails, like all bunched up together on trails and things like that. Um, so I wasn't doing public programming. We weren't, I wasn't leading hikes and canoe outings and stuff. Uh, what we ended up doing was, uh, webinars, which were fine. Like I kind of got, I, I got comfortable with it after a while. Like these little, um, I had a lot of fun doing kind of channeling my inner Steve Irwin and doing these, uh, you know, little like three to five minute creature features. And I, I did go full on Steve Irwin. Like I'd catch a snake. And I'd keep it until the weather was nice. You know what I mean? Like I'd keep it at my house until the weather was nice, and then I'd, I'd like go stage it under a log, and then start recording. So it was like you found the snake with me. You know what I mean? Um, and things like that. You know, I'd be on my belly watching a little baby snapping turtle walk by and talking about it. You know, and like you know, Did you off- come up with a catchphrase. <laughs> no, not quite. You know, the, not quite. Um, my stepdaughter says that my, my voice for those videos was different than my normal voice. Like this, hi everyone. Naturalist John here. You know what I mean? Like, um, but the, uh, I didn't really come up with like a crikey, you know? Um, (laughs) but, um, I got kind of into that. That was kind of fun doing these little short creature features. And I was pretty happy with like 500 views. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, like 500 people watch my little turtle video. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. You know? Well then like Halloween rolled around. Um and uh we were supposed to be doing you know, Halloween related subjects, and actually it was kind of by chance some a naturalist that was supposed to be doing a ghost video um cancelled and they needed somebody to fill in for that week's spot, you know what I mean? This little webinar. So it was they were basically like Facebook live events, you know.
1: Mm.
2: And uh so I said, Oh, I, I could, I got a week to prepare. I could do a, I could do a Bigfoot thing if you wanted, you know? And, uh, at that, at that time I'd had a, I'd had enough background, um, that I could have probably pulled one, you know, uh, off pretty easy, but I had a week to prepare. So I got a hold of a couple of researchers. They sent me as amazing, you know, resources. Um, that's I always know that I'm dealing with a legit researcher when they, uh, when they send me stuff and they're big fans of those like clear plastic sleeves, the paper, you know, that you put paper into and everything is organized into those clear plastic sleeves. Mm. You know, I'm like, oh, this guy's this guy's legit. Because they <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they love those clear plastic sleeves. So uh you know, I had I had files and files of those, you know, things that people had given me, uh researchers had given me. And uh so I did like a Bigfoot one oh one sort of you know, uh, really, and really diluted too. You know what I mean? Like you can't cover everything in an hour and 10 minutes, you know what I mean? So I kind of started with like, um, you know, the Patterson Gimlin film and stuff like that kind of went through, you know, did a really general Bigfoot program and I wanted it to be telescopic. That tends to be how I program is like, uh, as telescopic as possible. I take it like really broad and narrow it down to something that you can relate to in your backyard, you know? um, so that was kind of what I did with the Bigfoot thing was I, I started really broad, you know, broad strokes, Bigfoot, and then all the way down to Salt Fork in the Ohio Grassman, you know? And it went great. It was fine. You know, very few technical glitches, whatever. It, it went fine. And then it uh, it got like 500,000 views right away and went real crazy. I mean, if you look at our, our YouTube channel, like our official YouTube channel, um, most of our stuff has like six, 700 views. Few of them are up into the thousands, you know, and then you get to the Sasquatch things. And the, the last time I checked the the series that I did had like the first one in the series had like 1.2 million views and it's like nuts. You know, it's crazy. I, like I, I never would have thought. Um, so it was so popular that that spring we decided to do a four part addition to that where I could be a little more, specific and get into more of the, you know, meat and potatoes of Bigfoot. So we did those and it was very, very popular. Um, And things just kind of escalated from there. Like I started getting, I started interacting more and getting contacted and like um, meeting folks like you, you know, uh, getting invited to conferences, getting on panels, doing, you know, doing uh, interviews and stuff like that. So with that, uh, with meeting all these new people, I get all new people's experiences. I get to see all new evidence, and it's, it hasn't. It certainly hasn't uh, done anything to like extinguish my interest in it at all. Like, if anything, it just keeps stoking it, you know, um, because I, there's always something new and exciting, and it's like opened my mind a lot more, you know. Um, even like, even at the park, I mean, I've I've gotten, I we've done so much more. Um, I've I've tried to do so much more and incorporate it into so many different things uh, that it's gotten, you know, it's gotten, it's just so popular. And the way I look at it too is uh, I I mentioned my Bigfoot hikes are the most popular thing that I I do at the park. Um, If I, if I inspire a kid to spend time outside, um, learning about the natural world, learning about conservation, learning about wildlife, um, if it's, even if it's because of Bigfoot, like still a win, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm inspiring them to pick up a book, learn about, you know, nature sounds, animal noises, learn about habitats and things like that. Like it's, it's a win, you know? Um,
0: even I use the cryptid stuff to get my daughter into stuff. Cause yeah, I always tell her yeah. like, if you want to get into cryptids, you have to learn about biology. You have to learn about the environment. You
2: have to learn about animals. Like you have to, you have to learn about all of that. And, you know, even on my, like, even, I mean, I, I've been doing this my entire adult life. I've learned so much more doing this stuff than I thought I would. You know what I mean? Like, going going out and doing these things. Now, what I always tell people, and this is kind of one of the things that I, I talk about with other, um, you know, other Bigfoot folks. is like, if you go out looking for Bigfoot every time, you're probably going to be disappointed. You know what I mean? But if you just go out you're never ever gonna be disappointed. And if you happen to see Bigfoot, you know what I mean? That, that's, you know, <laughs> that's perfect. But if you go out specifically looking for Bigfoot and you're laser focused every time, you're probably gonna be disappointed. You know, Rene DeHinden said, that's what he said. He said, I spent 40 years looking for it and never found anything. So that's gotta say something, right? You know what I mean? Um, but I'm sure he saw so much more than your average person. You know what I mean? Oh
0: yeah. Just in the process of it.
2: Yeah. Just in the process. So, you know, I, uh, I do a lot more. Um, I do, I spend a lot more time out looking for salamanders and snakes and stuff than I do Bigfoot, you know? Um, but Bigfoot that's, I, I kind of like on my Instagram, it's like the Bigfoot naturalist. That's kind of what I, you know, because it's, it's, I'm trying to approach this like it is part of the natural world. Now, the woo definitely has its place. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it has its place in that modern folklore, you know, portals and stuff. It's just, on a daily basis, I deal with, like, flesh and blood animals that fit into categories. They're, you know, you can do, like, taxonomy. They have DNA. You know what I mean? You can can predict things about animals. Um, So, what I am comfortable with is the flesh and blood animal, you know? So from my perspective, if this thing exists, it's a, um, you know, it's a relic primate. That's my, that's my perspective. Uh, and I don't, I don't poo poo on any of the woo stuff because it's definitely got its place and there's natural phenomena that, you know, we don't understand. Like, so, uh, I mean, there's, there's natural phenomena that we never will understand. You know what I mean? Um, and that's, that's, uh, pretty fascinating to me. Um, and I do like, I mean, I, I especially like, I bought both volumes of uh, Joshua Cutchins, um, uh, the, where, where the footprints end. Um, those are great. And they're not, they kind of deal with the woo of Bigfoot. You know, they deal with like the Fay people and stuff. They were a really great read. Certainly like broaden my perspective, perspective on stuff. But from a personal standpoint, I try to stick with, I usually stick with like the natural, you know, it's a n- nuts and bolts, like, flesh and blood animal that probably abides by natural laws, you know? And uh, this sort of thing comes up quite a bit, because when you have somebody that finds a footprint in the middle of a sandbar, you know, in the middle of a creek, and it's the, the only footprint there, uh, you have one camp who will say, um, well, it's not a big footprint. It just looks like it, you know, there wouldn't just be one. And then you have another camp another faction that'll say, well, no, it portal jumped and just happened to stomp right there as it stepped into the next dimension. And see, from my perspective, I don't fall in either one of those camps. You know, uh, I look at it like, well, if it's a big footprint, I think the person who found it just wasn't good at finding other footprints. You know,
0: you're at that- to take in into consideration too how big their stride would be. So you're how not looking strategy, like a foot or
2: two apart. It's like five how foot. How different <laughs> substrates react, you know? I mean, if you're if you're a hunter, everybody has had that pit in your stomach when you've shot a deer and it is evaporated. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, no blood, no, no anything. It just evaporates, you know? Like, that happens to every hunter. You'll, you'll shoot at a deer or you'll shoot a deer and it evaporates. You know what I mean? And you cannot find a blood trail. You cannot find footprints. It's happened to every hunter that I know. You know, it's happened to me. Um, sometimes it happens. Sometimes you can't find that footprint. Sometimes you can't find that. You know, so uh, you know, it, it's not to me the idea that, like, what's most likely? You know what I mean? Is it like what's most likely? Is it a portal jumping? You know, interdimensional being or is it a? Is it a, a bipedal? You know, um, bipedal primate that we did an undiscovered bipedal primate. Well, if it exists to me, the most likely, um, the most likely answer would be a bipedal primate. Again, I don't disrespect the woo at all. Uh, I'm just a naturalist. That's what I always tell people. I'm like, it says naturalist on my shirt, not supernaturalist. you know? Um,
0: (laughs) so, (laughs) I mean, that's kind of the side that I go on. If I had to put money on it, I would definitely think that, uh, Sasquatch is more of like a physical creature. Yeah. Um, but I think that a lot of the woo woo concepts were kind of, uh, like, there, there's some, maybe some good truth to them, but a lot of the time I feel like it's trying to explain the things that are unexplainable. So it's like, you know, like the random right. footprint thing, rather than just thinking logically about, you know, the stride pattern, maybe some of it got washed away being in the creek, like whatever. Yeah. Uh, people instantly want to jump onto another farther woo-woo concept, and they're already borderlining it with the Sasquatch concept. Right.
2: <clears throat> and, that, you know, the UFO thing. Uh, well, Ghost, you're in Pennsylvania. There's lots of, like, UFO Bigfoot, you know, correlations in Pennsylvania, uh, lots. And I I kind of brought up at one point, I was on some, some panel for something at one point, and I brought up, I'm like, so we're supposing that this animal is smart enough to build strategically placed nests and throw rocks at miners and creep around the swamps of Louisiana, stealing 200 pound hogs. And you know what I mean? Evading trail cameras, and disposing of their dead in ways that we can't find them, like all these things are hy- hypotheses that we we come up with. You know what I mean? We don't have a body because they hide their they hide their dead in cave systems. You know, stuff like that. All these theories. I'm like, but you know, you you would think that if an animal is that smart, if it if if it is intel- intelligent enough to like locate and avoid trail cameras, you know, um. Then maybe if it saw a fireball in the sky or what we would call a UFO, you know, it would pop out of the woods and go, "What the hell was that?" And if you happen to see a Bigfoot pop out of the woods after you've just seen a UFO, and you know what I mean, maybe it's doing the same thing you are. You know what I mean? Maybe it didn't climb off the UFO. Maybe it's going, "What in the hell did I just see?" You know what I mean? Um, and happened to stumble out while you're going what the hell did I just say? You know what I mean? And maybe it didn't climb right off the UFO. You know what I mean? Maybe it was just paying attention to what was happening in, a, in its environment, just like you are, you know?
0: I mean, they could even be getting abducted just like people too. Cause I mean, if they're interested, yeah. there are extraterrestrials <laughs> interested in people. Why wouldn't they be interested in Sasquatch type? Right, why too? wouldn't
2: they be, they'd be interested in something that in all likelihood is related to us, you know? Um, Like in all likelihood, if this thing exists, it's probably related to modern humans, you know, uh, at least, I mean, at least as closely as we are chimpanzees, you know, Hmm. uh, which is pretty darn close. If you're, if you're sticking with like the science of things, you know, um, I teach, I teach botany at a community college and anytime the whole evolution debate or anything like that gets brought up, I always say like, look, this is a science class. These are the things that you teach in a science class religion of any sort, doesn't matter what it is, is a philosophy, you know, it is a philosophy. That's for a philosophy class, you know. Um, so I kind of stick with things like, you know, if this thing exists, that's why I'm kind of an I'm a no kill bigfooter. You know, and there there are like very few quadrupeds that I won't kill and eat. Um, you know, but I uh I could not bring myself to shoot a Bigfoot, if I saw, you know, if I were out deer hunting one day and one stepped out and I knew this was 100%, you know, I could, I could land it and it would be 100% proof. I I don't think I could do it. You know, I don't think that I could do it just because it's probably, you know, first off, they're probably like everything else where if they exist, their habitat's being threatened. They're probably in, you know, peril as far as their, their numbers go. You know what I mean? They pro- they probably don't have the mm. strongest numbers in the world. They're probably like every other animal. You know, we've messed with habitat and environment and keystone species so much, you know, and caused collapse everywhere that we've gone. You know what I mean? They're they're probably not doing uh, how they were historically. If they exist, you know, at all, they're probably not doing how they were, um, you know, historically. So I, I could not bring myself to I'm, I'm definitely a no kill, uh, big um, myself. You know. Especially
0: if they're an intelligent animal too. Um, assumably they would be at least to some extent. So it's yeah. like it, it, by taking them out, that's also kind of causing more of a problem too, because, if you're constantly shooting at one every single time you see it, they instantly know in their head to avoid humans. So, like right. that could also be a huge factor in why people can't find them, is because after yeah. generations and generations of shooting at them, they know Generate. just to stay the hell away from and, us.
2: <laughs> and I, I can't go into a ton of detail about this particular like story, um, but I was told once by someone that I'm I'm inclined to believe, uh, who has a background that I, I found you know impressive enough that I'm inclined to believe them. Um, and I, I was told once that when they were, when, when this person was observing these animals and they were observing them in kind of a unofficial, official capacity, like they were doing one job, but kept seeing these things, you know, uh, that they were never, ever alone, you know, ever alone. He said they never, ever observed just one. He said, ever, you know, and he actually pointed to the, the PNG, you know, the, the PG film. Uh, he said, you know, I can, I can guarantee in my, in my heart, I know that somewhere off camera, there was another one creeping behind a tree. They just didn't know it, you know? And he said, that's why I will never, ever shoot at one if I see it, because I know that I will not make it out of the woods, you know? Yep. (laughs) And I'm like, well, that's, you know, uh, like I said, I can't go into much detail. I got to keep it kind of vague with that because of, uh, I'm at where I'm actually working with somebody on trying to track down the, the provenance of that particular, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I was inclined to believe him about at least what he felt, you know? Um, and I, I, I can't, I can say myself, like if I saw one, you know, if I were hunting on my, you know, the, the woodlot on my property, and I saw one, I could not bring myself to shoot. I would try really hard to stay with it enough to get a good picture, you know? But even then, I mean, that can be kind of hard, you know? Um, People always, the people who are really, like, cynically skeptical about it always say, like, how, how come everybody's got, you know, like, I have uh, on my phone, you know, like, cinematic quality video, you know, you get, if you've got a, if you got a relatively new phone, you could make, like, excellent video, on it. you know, how come no one gets a good picture? And it's like, well, they don't get a good picture because they just saw a Bigfoot and they're, they're freaking clean out, you know, like. I want to meet both sides are evading. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like I want to meet the psycho that can remain calm in that situation. You know what I mean? Like yeah, your hands will be
0: shaking regardless.
2: Even if there's a steady shot, you're probably like, oh, (laughs) I mean, here's a good, here's a good example. Like I've looked for a Northern Copperhead in my County for years because I get, I get people that report them all the time. Uh, but in Ohio, they're mainly a Southern, a Southeastern species. Okay. Northern copperheads, mainly a southeastern species. I've looked for them in my county for years. Um, I was out one day this spring, just this past spring, and uh, I was out doing something completely different. Looked over and I thought, oh, you know what, that rock looks really snaky. I flipped it over, there was a copperhead underneath it. I had nothing on me, you know, to deal with it, like, but I needed to get proof that I found this copperhead so I could update the county records and prove that they're in the county, you know. And uh so, you know, it was a whole, such, I mean, I caught it with a fishing net, you know, I happened to have a fishing net in my, in my truck and uh, caught it with a fishing net, you know, and and the first picture that I took of it, you can't tell that it's not a stick, you know, because I was so excited. I just found the first reported one since 1957 in this county, you know, and I, I was so excited that I like, the first picture, it looks like a, a dirty stick, you know, um, mm-hmm. I mean, if I saw, I, I can't guarantee that I would be with it enough to take a picture, And I've kind of, you know, when I've like, uh, you know, sat back and talked to people really like about the subject, um, there's part of me that would even say like, if I had a 100% like I know what I saw experience, I don't know that I could actually talk about it and that I would actually, I know that I could talk about it, you know, I don't know that I would tell anybody exactly where I saw it. You know, just because I don't know that I would want them to be, distir- you know, like, I've seen that happen. We're all, you know what I mean? Unless it was down to a matter of, like, oh, they're putting in a, you know, they're going to clear out the acreage that you saw that on, you know, or whatever. Um, and I had I had to talk about it and try to sound, you know, sane. But uh, I just don't know that I could disclose the actual location just because, you know, I don't Conservation. want to. Huh? Conservation. Conservation, yeah. I just wouldn't want it to be messed with, you know what I mean? Um, like, I'm too... I I am too much of an animal lover. Like, I, you've got a cat. We have five cats, and we always talk about being cat people, but, like, I'm not... Uh, I'm just an animal person. Like, this... I adopted two coonhounds um, this past summer, and, like, uh, out of nowhere, I adopted two coon, Like, it just kind of happened, you know what I mean? And now I've got two inside dogs, and five cats. Like I'm just kind of an animal person. You know what I mean? I'm the same way, dude. I got eight
0: cats and then an outdoor cat. that kind of, you know, befriended me, I guess. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, that's, I've always joked. Like I kind of identify more as a critter most of the time, like in my head, you know, I, I've always tried to explain to my kids and stuff. Like you've got like a people suit, you know what I mean? Like every person in your life has a different image of you, you know, like, which is kind of something weird to think about. Like every person there, they have a picture of you that is slightly different from every other person that you're close to, you know? Um, And you've got a people suit, but you're in your inner person. That's what you want to be true to. You know what I mean? Is what's under your people suit, you know? And, uh, and like, you got to find the right people to take your people suit off around. You know what I mean? Um, Definitely. Yeah. And uh, I've always kind of identified, like, on the inside, more of a, as a critter. You know what I mean? Um, like, I've always identified more as a, you know, a, as an animal. Um, not in a weird, I mean, like... I In, don't in our roots, weird.
0: though, we are just an animal. Just everybody and I, likes I know. To forget that. And but we are animals.
2: And I don't say it as, like, oh, that's... I say it because I like to, you know, I like to act on my baser instincts and stuff like that. I don't say it like that. Like, I, I'm, you know, I... I just, uh, as far as empathizing with animals and things like that, you know, and that's also, I'm a hunter, you know what I mean? Like I can recognize that there are parts of our, you know, being that are predators, you know what I mean? And I, I'm pretty comfortable with that. And that that's the whole cycle of nature is life and death, things like that. So I, uh, I'm pretty comfortable with, with that. I mean, also my hypocrisy knows no bounds. Like I, you know what I mean? I've, I've like squirrel hunted my whole life, but then I've raised I don't know how many baby squirrels and let them go because they, you know, <laughs> fell. Out. You know what I mean? Like, so
0: <laughs> it's a respect for nature as a whole, though, because I'm sure yeah, that anything like, when, that you do kill, you're kid, respecting you, that you're eating it. You know, you're not just killing kid, for fun. You know,
2: when I was a kid, like I would, I would literally raise. You know, when I was like, I don't do it now because you know, little to my knowledge, like little did I know when I was a kid that that was like outrageously illegal. Um, you know, I don't do it now. Um, but when I was a kid, you know, I was always dragging home possums or, um, squirrels or something that needed, you know, baby, baby possums or squirrel or anything like that, you know, and I let them go. And then I'd turn around that fall and, you know, go out and eat them, you know, (laughs) like, so, uh, so yeah, I don't know that I could ever tell if I saw, if I saw one, I don't know if I could ever tell now, if I, if I got some sort of proof. You know what I mean? Like, 100% irrefutable, it exists, scientifically proven, you know, sure, like, that's a different story, because then we can act on it, we can do, you know, we can imply, you know, we can uh, put conservation in place, you know what I mean? But, like, if I saw one and got a blurry picture of it, but I know true, deep down that I saw it, I don't know that I could ever tell anybody the actual location, you know, Um, just because I wouldn't want them to mess with it. and that kind of leads to the next thing that most people ask. And I don't know if you were going to is whether I've actually seen anything. <laughs> were you, were you going to ask that?
1: Well, actually um, I, I wanted to know what kind of coon hounds you
2: got. Oh, so I've got, <laughs> I was going I to ask black, that also though. <laughs> I have a black and tan, um, mm-hmm. that showed up at the park actually. And, uh, was real scrawny and had been running for who knows how long. um, and I've got a uh, just a train walker that looks like he's got a little bit of blue tick. He's got like, you know what I mean? A little, but he's a, he's a good dog. He's a big big house dog. Like he, the the, the black and tan is a little more wily and a little more, uh, you know, interested in running things. The 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 walker is more interested in like sleeping on the foot of the bed. You know,
1: I have a I have a train walker coonhound as well, and They've got uh, so
2: much personality.
1: They do, and it, it it took He's going on two years old And he's finally coming into his maturity And oh, yeah. you know the puppy stage is kind of Leaving him and, uh-huh. and, and this and that But my god it, to, I've never seen a dog Like a TWC Yeah that they, they 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 know no fear They, they no. have absolutely no fear at all
2: No like, Damn dog
1: you yeah. don't care nothing
2: No they're good dogs And they have so much yeah. personal Like their faces are expressive you know what I mean Hmm. Um. Yeah, they're good dogs.
1: Is your is yours vocal? Is your talky yeah. you and stuff? Yeah,
2: they're he's yeah. real vocal. He's more vocal than the black and tan. Uh Yeah. He's he's real vocal. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love I love all my dogs, but man, that, the training Walker Coonhound it, it, it's neat because you'll like if we take him out in the woods or even if he's just out here in the yard, just hearing the different tones in his bay. Yeah, you can tell what's going on. Okay. Oh, that's just somebody walking down the alley. Oh, nope. that might be a bird or a or a a, a fu- fu- fuzzy little cr- critter running through the yard and, yeah. and he, he wants to chase, you know what I mean and <laughs> right. and there's a huge difference in it, but Well, yeah, we we've got that, beagles that's, that's awesome.
2: too. Like my my girls have two beagles. Um, my two oldest daughters have beagles. Uh but they're outside dogs. Like they they want to be outside. They're not housebroken. We've got a big we've got a big kennel for them, you know. Uh but they're not they're not happy inside they're happy outside. Right. And I can usually tell if there's, I can tell the difference between like my neighbor, you know, driving past and a, a raccoon trying to get into the, you know, trying to get into the chicken coop. Like I, I can kind of tell the, uh, the, the difference there in their, their bark, but man, beagles are a whole nother story. Like once they learn something, they will exp- like, if they learn how to escape, they will exploit it over, you know, over <laughs> and over. And it is impossible. Like they're, they are a whole nother beast.
1: Yeah, um, you brought up uh, the Sasquatch uh, tracks out of yeah. South Carolina and whatnot. Yeah. What is funny yeah. is today, uh, while I was eating lunch, I was just scrolling on TikTok, and th- they had a TikTok come up on my For You page, and I was just, and I was looking at it, and they were examining like a, a possible handprint uh, on a on a window where the, the, it might have been looking in. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And I just kind of went on about my business, but it was funny that you brought it up. And I was just like, wow, this is a small world.
2: This yes. was a Sasquatch that, Tracks guy. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they get because the, they don't. do So that's uh, Micah Hanks and Dakota Waddell and Jeff Smith uh, out of North Carolina. They do. Uh, they got a, their, their podcast is called Sasquatch Tracks. Um, and they kind of do, I don't know that, that we might be talking about, there's a big research group in South Carolina. Um, but they're, they might be different. So we might be, uh, talking about, unless they started a TikTok, just re <laughs> don't, um, but they, uh, yeah, they're, I just got, to, it's kind of funny how I got to know them. Um, if you'd want, if you'd want to hear that, it's kind of an interesting, uh,
1: Yeah, you. absolutely.
2: <clears throat> so. Um, I got to work one day, and the naturalist supervisor called, okay, which is never a good thing at like eight thirty in the morning when like the head you know like calls you you know never a good thing, and anyway, never so like i was <laughs> I was worried when it was like eight thirty and uh they told me they said uh hey, we got a public records request here, and don't know what to do with it, you know what I mean um And you're really the only person that would have any information. And I'm like, oh man, what is this? Like, that's like a scary, you know, somebody had to go through a process to file a public records request, you know? And, uh, and I'm like, okay, well, what is it? You know, they said, uh, somebody wants to know all the information we have on Bigfoot. And I said, uh, all right, well, send it to me and I'll see if there's anything that I have that could have, Apply, you know, so they sent it to me and I read it and it was like a boilerplate, really well done public records request, you know, it didn't seem like a crazy person wrote it. Uh, it's basically, what I'm saying. you know, it was like a good, well-written uh, record, you know, public records request. And I get down to the bottom to like the, you know, sign off and it was uh Micah Hanks, North Carolina, you know what I mean? With all of his contact information. And I called her, I called them back and I'm like, hey, I I listen to this guy's podcast, you know. I'm like, can I just call him and see what he, like, see what he wants? So I called him up um, and left a voicemail and he called me right back. You know, he saw an Ohio number, thought it was probably a scam or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, trying to contact him about his car's extender warranty, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, he, and he he called me right back um, and we talked for probably two hours on the phone just exchanging stories. And that's kind of where, you know. I got to know him and then we met up um at the Smoky Mountain conference that 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 following summer and uh since then I'm kind of I've kind of hung out with those guys you know and uh got to know him got to know him pretty well and this might so, be a yeah, you know different group I, of
1: people but it was just funny that they had the same name
2: yeah oh there there is a huge group in South Carolina um and they might have the same name but yeah, these guys, they, they're, uh, they're all really good, like historians. So they're really good at like the historical research, but they're also like two thirds of them are field surveyors. Like they're actual like professional surveyors. So they spend a lot of time out and actually out in the field and have really good, like field skills. So it's a, uh, I got to, I got to know them cause we had similar interests and in things. So, uh, so yeah, um, that's kind of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, hey, that's cool. That, yeah. You know, you, you sit there and you're like, oh, okay, you get this public records request and you're sitting there reading through and you're like, wait a minute, I listen to this hey, podcast to like, uh, like, like
2: just, on a weekly. And it was right around the time that like Peter Byrne had been on their show. You know what I mean? And I'm like, i this guy talked to Peter Byrne and now I get to like call him up. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> this, this is awesome. You know, fanboying a little before, bit. <laughs> oh, I did. Before I we did. Jump,
1: jump back into, uh, you if you've seen one or not um you would mentioned earlier about um academics and what have you um not poo-pooing the idea as much as they used to and me personally i believe people like dr bender and uh dr jeffrey mel uh meldrum i think kind of took a lot of that taboo away yeah. from the academics because you know they they, they put their li- uh their name their reputation you know yeah. Out there and well, now you see all the work that Dr. Meldrum's doing, and you know, you know, his, you know the footprints and everything.
2: Right. You know Grover Krantz, Bender Nagel, mm-hmm. Dr. Meldrum, they're all respected a- academics in their field. You know what I mean. Um, the work that Amy Boo does was with ZooBook. You know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think that's I think that's true. I actually did a uh, I did a program for a college uh, not too far from here uh just in the next county over and it was kind of a standard like this is what i do and if you're interested in doing this sort of thing here's what you need you know here's the kind of background sort of and kind of at the end somebody raised their hand and asked me about bigfoot well that opened a whole can of worms you know well two of the instructors were in there like two instructors had set in on the program and one of them joked with me about the wampus cat you know have you ever seen a Wampus cat, you know, and I, I'll, like, it's a joke. I don't know if you, I don't know if you've got the wampus cat in Michigan or Pennsylvania. You ever heard of the wampus mm-hmm. cat? No,
1: the wampus, cat's
2: kind of, wampus cat's like this, uh, it's like a swamp cat that, you know, uh, it's a mythical, mythical animal, the wampus cat. It's like a swamp lion, you know, um, but the, uh, it's kind of a joke. It's like the, you know, um, it's, it's just, it's not, it's not a real not even a real cryptid. You know what I mean? We had something like that in Michigan. I forgot
0: what it was called, but they'd say if you go into the middle of a field at, or not in the middle of the field, but out on the trail at night and you'd hold open a bag and you'd bang a pan in front of it, that these little fuzzy creatures would come in your, no, thing it's and not, you did it was puns? just a way to, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Then you just yeah. had all the kids just sitting in the middle of a field, hitting pans looking like jackasses. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, so, uh, so the other instructor though came up and like legitimately started asking me if I'd ever seen anything and if I'd ever see, and I tried to, I tried, I tried so hard to like pull because I felt, I felt like he had maybe seen something and he just wanted me to like say, yeah, sure. I, have definitely seen, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, I tried really hard to pull anything that he had, but he was asking me like actual good questions, you know, about it. And I'm like, man, I, you know, I just think that, I think the trains kind of left the station of that being taboo and stuff. Also, kinda like you mentioned earlier, it's twenty twenty two. Bigfoot is mild as far as the things you can believe. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I never yeah. I never thought that, you know, I'd I'd have to like justify saying, Oh yeah, so you know, we live on a globe, you know what I mean? Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, out of all the cryptids that everybody talks about and that exist, like the most truly believable is water cryptids, I feel, and Sasquatch for yeah, like the average definitely. person.
2: I've been kind of getting into more and more of the lake monster stuff. Like, I've been trying to read more and more about the lake monsters and things like that. Cause I mean, you know, when you go up to the Great Lakes, it's just, it's so overwhelming. They're, you know, they're an inland sea. Like, they're, they're, mm-hmm. that's what they are. They're like, you look at them and you can't see anything for, you know, just water. It's an inland sea. You know, there could, there could definitely be things we don't know about in there. I don't know about Lake Erie because it was, <laughs> it was dead at one point, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: but <laughs> out um, on fire.
2: Yeah. It was on fire. Yeah. I don't know that, I don't know that any, you know, um, I don't know that there'd be a lake monster that could survive Lake Erie back in the 70s. But, uh, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> some of the other great lakes, though, it's just as overwhelming, you know, Lake Michigan, uh, like you you look at it and it's like, oh, you could totally, you know. And so I, I've been re- reading a little bit more about the lake monsters. And I think that's true. I think the two things, you know, the aquatic... Aquatic cryptids and, and Bigfoot are probably the two that are most believable, you know.
1: Um, and I fall in the camp where, when it comes to water cryptids, is where it's not that I don't believe; it's just it bores me to the point where I'm just like, yeah. What, what about yeah. the humanoid ones, though? The humanoid
0: ones are always fascinating. I like those ones.
1: Yeah, th- those are a little more fascinating. But the like moment people are like, oh, Loch Ness monster, or this or you know, this water. I'm just like. Mm, um, shiny thing. Can I say <laughs> a shiny thing so I can go chase that instead? I, I don't know. That's just me personally. I, I but
2: well, that's, you know, there I, is I, lots I spent, of
1: neat stuff about them.
2: I spent a lot of time here saying how I don't like, you know, I don't, I'm not into like the woo, but I do love instances of high strangeness, like things, unexplainable things that happen and, and all the stuff that mm-hmm. surrounds it. You know, um, I grew up, I'm kind of near a place called Egypt Valley, um, and Egypt Valley has its own like high strangeness and ghost stories and stuff, you know, weird things happen down there. People seeing weird stuff. And, uh, I've always liked John Keel, like, um, cause, because he was kind of, he did not discriminate what he was investigating. You know what I mean? if you called and said, Hey, there's a, I, I saw a fluorescent toaster hopping around my yard. Like he would go look, you know, look at it. He didn't. And I, th- I, I think there's something to be said about that, like where he didn't, he, he would basically investigate anything that came along, you know what I mean? Um, and he was kind of doing it before it was cool, you know, <laughs> like uh, him and Gray Barker, you know, he and Gray Barker were kind of doing that, that's investigating, you know, UFOs and high, high strangeness and things like that before it was, uh before it was cool, you know? And uh, so I love anything about high strangeness, you know? shared dreams, like people having this, the, dreaming the same thing. I love all of that. I love that subject. You know, I just don't, I don't get into it quite as much as I get into the Bigfoot stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And then there's some things that like, born. well, my wife's always been way more into UFOs than I have. Uh, she's much more into UFOs um, than, than I am. You know, she even kind of has like, a potential UFO experience when she was young, you know what I mean? Um, and, and things like that. So I, uh, you know, she, she's much more and she's a lot more well-versed in the UFO stuff than I am too. Um, but I kind of, I get more into the, more into the Bigfoot thing. And, and then on a, on like my personal level, the high strangeness stuff, just cause I, you know, people behaving strangely, you know, like um. also, you know, sometimes I question whether they're, like, real people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you a figment of my imagination? <laughs> or, you know. Uh, In the but podcast then that goes, uh,
1: Conspiracy Game, they're called NPCs.
2: NPCs. <laughs> uh, conspiracy <laughs> stuff. I, I don't know where I fall about with conspiracy stuff, especially with Bigfoot. Because I'm like, man, if anybody ever worked for a, uh, like, any sort of agency, they would know that it's really hard to, like, an overarching conspiracy to hide something like that would be really difficult. You know what I mean? Um, like, I don't know where I fall on it. A lot of conspiracies to me, a lot of, a lot of the really crazy conspiracies to me get, it starts to get into this thing where it's like, well, it makes my boring life seem more interesting. You know what I mean? Um, that's kind of where some of it goes, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't, I don't get a, I don't get into a ton of the, especially like the new the new conspiracies. I like the old stuff, you know, <laughs> Roswell and stuff. But uh, yeah, of course, right. the new stuff gets, it gets kind of, I don't know. I got a lot going on. I can't obsess about that now, too. You know what I mean? I'm still obsessing about Bigfoot. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I was going to say,
0: you're more foot planted in the, uh, right. the physical world right in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Because you already got enough stuff going on. And I mean, right. speaking of that, too, before we leave uh, the listeners hanging for too, too long, oh. I definitely want to get into uh, whether or not you've, had an experience? Have you seen one other than you know, yeah. of course, hearing the sound with your wife?
2: Okay, so I haven't actually seen one. Just to get that out, I haven't. Nothing's ever stumbled out of the woods. You know what I mean? And like scared me. You know, um, I've had the experience that a lot of a lot of Bigfoot um, researchers talk about about the woods going quiet, or like you kind of hear something pacing you. You know what I mean? I've had that experience. Uh, the closest thing to a Bigfoot experience that I have had that like the, the hairs in the back of my neck stood up when it happened. Um, I was actually recording a video um, that I wanted to do sort of a, uh, you know, I wanted to go squatching and kind of have like a, uh, you know, I couldn't do, I, I really, my technology was limited at the time. I couldn't do like a live stream. So I wanted to record it and edit it together so that it was like you join, you know, part of the point of the video was like you were joining me on a, you know. Bigfoot hunt, like we were, we are out squatching, you know. Um, so I was recording a video and I had a camp set up at a location and, uh, and I just, I had a fire going and I was, I had, you know, my tablet up on a tripod and I was talking to it and I just talked, you know, just uh, told a story related to something, you know, tangentially Bigfoot related, you know, um, just trying to make, trying to make content you know, so I could edit it together and try to make it make sense. And, uh, I got that home run tree knock that, you know, and I mean, like loud, I, I could feel it, you know, that home run loud pop and it froze me. Like I stopped and looked like I looked directly where the sound came from. Couldn't see anything. You know what I mean? Looked into the woods. I was, I was staring and I got about, I mean, there's probably like a solid 15 seconds of me just staring into the woods with this vacant expression on my face, you know, like trying to figure out what I heard and where it came from. And that after that, like the effect that that one experience had on the rest of the night was interesting. Like the whole rest of the night I was on, I was on pins and needles, you know what I mean? Like I I was so, yeah. And I mean, at one point I had plugged all my stuff in just to recharge, you know, I had power banks and stuff and I was just letting stuff charge. And I ate something, you know, cooked something over the fire and ate. And I was sitting there, uh, I don't know, you know, relaxing next to the fire. And it's, it's dark and we had had some coyotes, um, way off into the, you know, the distance were serenading me and I'm sitting there and I could hear something shuffling around in the woods, probably about, I don't know, 20 yards into the woods from where I was sitting. I could hear something and it was shuffling, you know what I mean? I could hear that sort of, like, sounded like somebody was dragging their feet or, you were, you know, um, dragging a tarp around through the leaves. You know what I mean? I could hear that sort of shuffling. So I thought, oh, I'm going to see whatever this is. And, you know, I'd kind of calmed down a little bit at this point. You know, I was still, like, edgy, but I'd kind of calmed down a little bit at this point. So I had my headlamp on, and I kind of had my finger on the button of the headlamp, like, ready to, like, spotlight whatever was, you know, whatever was sneaking around in the woods and i got right to the edge of the woods you know closed that distance and got right to the edge of the woods and about 40 60 yards behind me at a trailhead uh off off from where i was camping uh an identical sound that you know i mean identical us and i spun around and when i when i spun around and turned my light on whatever was creeping around ran you know i could hear it like tear off through the brush you know? And, uh, I, so I texted a researcher, a friend of mine. I said, Hey, I, I, I got this, I got another tree knock. I was, and I explained to him, you know, I told him exactly what I was telling you. And he said, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you got too close to one and another one distracted you, you know? And I'm like, man, can you not, can you not say things like that? Like, you you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, um, so you know that, and that happened now, not, not a smoking gun, was I just freaked out enough that I was, you know, um, but I mean like this, that, that tree knock and that's, I'm, I am I don't think that they're banging limbs on trees or snacking rocks together. I think it's an audible noise that they can make. If, if that's a thing, if it's not just, you know, you know, a, a random coincidence that this gets, this happens, I think it's an actual, like, I think it's some sort of, um, vocalization that they can do, whether they're popping their jaw or clicking their tongue, you know what I mean? Or like. Smacking their head. You know, I think it's an actual, because it was, a, they were both very uniform noises, you know, what I heard.
0: It's almost um, like a whistle if they were saying that he was trying to distract you away from the other one. It's like the right. Sasquatch equivalent of, like, a whistle. Like, whoo, yeah. whoo, look over here.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now I tend to, like, I tend to veer away. This is something I talk about with a lot of folks, is I try, I, I tend to veer away from applying too much meaning to some things. Like, there's a twisted tree from salt work that's really, that, that makes its rounds, you know what I mean? This twisted branch. And like the logic behind it was that they were frustrated. It was frustrated. It was twisted in frustration. And I'm like, you have no way of knowing that, like you know. Um, and like, and weather I've can be a, like,
1: a hell of a thing.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've heard. Uh, you've seen. You've seen a twisted tree from software. Is that what you said? Yeah, it is a thing. It's it's weird. It's definitely. Well, yeah, weird. no.
1: I was just saying weather can can do oh, things we- that. Oh yeah, weather are can a, hell do of a thing. You know what I mean?
2: Weather can also do it. Yeah. Um, this one, this one's pretty weird, but yeah, weather can do a lot of things, yeah, um, weather can do a lot of weird stuff, but yeah, I, uh, so that's my experience, but that night, I mean, I was like, the, I was hearing Sasquatch everywhere after that, you know what I mean, like, every, every, uh, nocturnal critter that scurried through my camp that night was an 800-pound Sasquatch, you know, um, in, in my mind, um, but, uh, that was my, that's my, like, Wow, this could really be a thing experience, you know, um was that. Um and I I've told this I've told this story quite a few times. But yeah, that's that was my that was my experience. Now I've had um I've seen tracks that were allegedly fresh that people have found and brought me to them, you know what I mean? And there were things, again, because of my background and because I spend a lot of time outside, I'm pretty I'm pretty good at tracking, and I'm pretty good at identifying tracks. Uh, I'm not like a professional, you know, tracker by any means. But I mean, if you know, uh, if I'm trying to find a deer or something, I can usually you, you usually find a deer, unless it's one of those instances where they kind of ev- evaporate. But especially people, I mean, you know, if my if my daughters go for a hike, I can usually tell where they've been. You know what I mean? Um, like I can I can tell out out on our property where they've been. So, um, you know, I've been, I've been taken to footprints that it's one of those situations where I'm looking at them and it's, I have two options. Either these are fake or they're not, you know what I mean? Like, those Mm -hmm. are my only two options. Like, this is not a bear print. This is not a weird, you know, it's not caused by frost and freezing in the, in the soil. This is, this is something, you know, where it's either fake or it's not. You know, and those are my two options <laughs> from my perspective. So I've seen things like that. Um, <clears throat> but I've also seen a really, uh, a ton of really bad fake stuff. That's one of the unfortunate things of working at a place where it is so popular is that there, there has in the past been hoaxes. Um, I try to maintain uh, the integrity of all the researchers. And whenever I hear it, whenever I catch wind of even a family that's like, Oh yeah, you know Uncle Bob's got a suit he's gonna dress up and scare the kids. I will uh, I will discourage them as much as possible from doing that you know uh, just because I, I, I try to maintain if we you know if there if there is something out there, it really hoaxing uh, doesn't matter if it's for the greater good, you know <laughs> like sometimes people can justify hoaxing, you know and uh, I don't think you can justify hoaxing personally. Uh, because it really does damage any any sort of scientific pursuit that um, one might have, you know. Especially
0: in the Sasquatch community specifically, Especially in it's the Sas- not like the you know the metal mm-hmm. feet that they're doing with the giant penguin, where obviously it was something that right. wasn't going to be real. But like, there's so much science to the Sasquatch community now that yeah, it's that's like the absolute worst community to try to hoax something in because it just it destroys really everything.
2: Is. It really is. Um, you know what I mean? Because it, it really does. It destroys. And, I mean, I have talked to people that they saw something that altered their view of reality, you know, like, damn near a religious experience, you know what I mean? Like, it altered how they thought about the world. Like, they saw this animal that they never thought about, that they didn't think existed, that it was just a joke, you know, it was like Harry and the Hendersons, you know what I mean? And they saw something, and it altered their point But like, even if they saw an upright bear, but their mind translated it into Bigfoot... I can't disrespect them by, by, like, they saw something that changed their mind. You know what I mean? Like, they saw something that really affected them on a deep level. And it's really disrespectful for me to be like, no, you don't. You know what I mean? Uh, I You obviously don't know what you're talking about, you know? Um,
0: Even if it was a bear, it's just as horrifying as if you were face-to-face with a Sasquatch.
2: <laughs> yeah, right, an upright bear. I mean, I had a, I had a bear tear apart my, my deer feeder this uh, earlier this summer. And, uh, I, I didn't have any trail cameras out because I had no reason to, I I knew when the deer were coming in and going, you know what I mean? Uh, but man, I went out and bought like a fancy cellular trail camera as soon as that bear (laughs) tore apart my, cause I just wanted a picture of it. You know, um, I got really good tracks and stuff from it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I had like, yeah, bears definitely can be, uh, you know, definitely can be scary, but the, uh, yeah, the, um that's, I do, I I have a hard time, like, like I said, disrespecting someone enough to be like, you know, it would almost be like disrespecting someone's religion, where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't religious and had a, uh, I had a vision one night. Well, like, okay, so I could say, did you go get a CAT scan after you had your vision? You know what I mean? Um, But that would be like super disrespectful, you know, if this, it altered this person's view of reality. So, you know what I mean? I, I can't, I can't dismiss somebody that, uh now now I can very easily dismiss somebody that sees Bigfoot every time they go out. Cuz that's just not how it works. I mean, you can be a really good hunter and not see something every time you go out. You know what I mean? You can be a good bird watcher and still they call it dipping. You still dip. You know what I mean? Like you can be like anything that you anything that you do, you can't see a, you know, your quarry every single time you go out, you know? Um,
0: if you're hearing and seeing Bigfoot every single time you go out, then uh, you know, you better have a conversation with that guy and bring him in for the rest of us.
2: <laughs> yeah, right, right. And you know, I, I talk to people that basically every time they go out, they have an experience. Now, sometimes that experience is a tree knock, or sometimes, you know, oh, I found a rock outside of my tent, you know, that wasn't there before. It was obvious, but like still, you cannot uh, apply everything in the natural world to Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Like, you can't say every noise and every, you know, um, So I I do very easily dismiss that when that comes about. But, uh, you know, I I also I've talked to people that just have, like I said, have no skin in the Bigfoot game. Um, And there are people that are relatively famous that had no skin in the Bigfoot game that got into it because of an experience they had that changed. You know, John Do you know, about like he had an experience in Wyoming um, and he was doing, I think, bighorn sheep research. Uh, you should you should look him up sometime. He's got he's really interesting stuff. Yeah, really and interesting stuff. What
1: part of Wyoming that was?
2: Uh, it was near one of the reservations. I think I can't tell you for sure which part of Wyoming, but uh, he has he had. I know a there's really a res. Interesting-
1: if he was huh. looking for bighorn sheep, that'd be over probably closer to the eastern side, probably yeah. closer to Buffalo, I would believe.
2: So, um, but yeah, you should definitely look up his stuff. But you know, he was had nothing, nothing to, you know, involved in Bigfoot prior to having an experience. You know what I mean? And, uh, and then I, I talked to, I don't know if I told you this at con Shane, um, but man, the weirdest story that I've ever got, um, down in Southern Ohio, uh, there's a, there's an area of Southern Ohio that's still pretty, pretty um, kind of depressed, you know, uh, like when, when the coal companies pulled out, they never quite recovered, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and I can't give you like super specifics just on the off chance that this guy, cause I didn't get, you know, explicit permission to like tell you his location or name or anything, you know what I mean? Um, but I'm going to tell you the story. Uh, I had this gentleman whose wife sort of made him tell me the story. He didn't want to talk about it. Um, and she sort of made him and he uh, came up and he said, well, so he started out by saying, I, uh, we lived in a double wide that my dad was given. Somebody said, if you can move it, you can have it. So he had it shipped to a friend's property who had an electric hookup and water hookup. And we lived in this old double wide trailer out on somebody's farm, you know? And, uh, he said, I have very clear memory. I know. And the way he put it was like, sometimes you know, they paid the power bill and it was on, and sometimes they didn't, and we didn't have power and we used Coleman lanterns, you know. Uh, and he was explaining, he had very vivid memories of him and his siblings, getting his mom, rounding up him and his siblings into their, the living room of the wide, um, and saying, hey, that thing's outside again. And he said he could hear, he remembers them sitting quietly in the living room and hearing like rubbing and bumping, and scraping and stuff all along, and the thing would make a few laps around the double wide, and he said he could hear it, he'd hear it rub up against the double wide or, you know, bump into it, and you could hear it crunching through the leaves and stuff, and then he'd, you know, wander off, and he had very vivid memories of this, and he also had very vivid memories of the guy that owned the property and his dad saying, hey, you boys don't go out and hunt, you know, or don't go out and run in this field because that thing's been over in the corner of the field all day, you know. So, he said this, and then he said, you know, I I didn't read the books that I was supposed to read in high school, let alone reading anything about Bigfoot. He said, I never thought about Bigfoot. I didn't watch Bigfoot shows. I didn't watch anything. And he, you know, he's the right age. He was like going through school in the 90s, you know. And he said, uh, you know, I, I didn't I didn't know anything about Bigfoot, didn't think about Bigfoot. And he said he was at a friend's apartment way later on, and they were watching like TBS and Harry and the Hendersons came on and he said, oh, that's the thing. Don't you guys know about the thing? Did you guys, do you guys know about the thing? And they're like, well, man, that's, it's Bigfoot. It's a joke. It's not real. He said, no, it's real. It's the thing. He's like, "I, you guys don't know about the thing, you know? And that's, he's like, I was looking at, basically looking at the thing that my parents were always, you know, you know, when they lived at this one location, he said, I can, I can remember it. I was looking at the thing. And he's like, it dawned on me that no one knew what I was talking about, but that's what I saw was that, you know, big hairy thing. And he's like, ever since then, I won't tell anybody about it because everybody thinks you're nuts, you know? And if I say, oh, I saw Harry and the Hendersons and realize what I saw, they think you're lying, you know? And I'm like, man, that's, that is some straight, you know what I mean? And it's really hard for me to be like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, you know?
0: I mean, there's some uh, conspiracy that goes into Harry and the Hendersons too about uh, you know there being like government funding in it and it trying yeah, to kind of yeah, like such out. Yeah, <laughs> it's such, it's not even like I don't want to say a psyop, but just trying to like cushion the blow and yeah. also make it so that people would associate it with that movie. So if people came out with encounters, they'd be like, "Oh, like Harry and the Hendersons," and then not you know believe it.
2: <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Now, see, I, okay, I'll buy that. <laughs> like, I'll buy that. That's, you know, that's. That sounds good. Plus, it's, I'm a big fan of, you know, like my my two favorite Bigfoot movies, Legend of Boggy Creek's number one, Harry and the Hendersons number two. I mean, you cannot go wrong with Legend of Boggy Creek. I probably watch that movie four times a year, you know.
0: Let's see, okay, I actually just bought it on Blu-ray, so I have a copy of it now. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I can watch it whenever I want.
2: <laughs> yeah, I probably watch it like four times a year, just, you know, like, oh, I'm, you know, none of the, none of the kids are home or whatever. I'm going to watch Legend of Boggy, you know, probably four times a year I watch it. And like the kids are walking them. Why are you watching this again? You know. And uh, but yeah, it's, it's a classic. <laughs> it is a classic. It is a classic. Yeah.
1: So this this guy that you were just mentioning, did he happen to tell his story on um, "These Woods Are Haunted" by any chance?
2: May could have. I don't because know. That's
1: your that what you were telling me sounded really familiar.
2: Like he, I've he either had,
1: heard that somewhere or seen it on like a docu series?
2: No, he could have totally told I mean, you know, maybe I wasn't, maybe he got more comfortable after, you know, after hey, he talked to me or something. You if know, he had
0: siblings too. Some of his siblings could have came out and said their story too because yeah. they would have had the same experiences.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he could have. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, that was just to me. That was one of those stories that when he told me that, I'm going to have to look that up now because these, yeah. these woods are haunted. It's pretty good. I, you know, that's, I'm going to have to look that up and see if I can find that story because I would really like to. I'd really like it to call just him sounded... up and get permission to give details. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: <laughs> when, but like I said, when you were sitting there telling it, I'm like, man, I've heard this story somewhere. And, well, and when it, you're and like, yeah, that's I, the thing. Like and said, he was sitting was in, those,
2: you know. It was one of those situations where his wife um, sort of said, go on, tell him, you, you know what? He's got a big, big foot painted on the wall. Just tell him, you know, <laughs> um, and like, and sometimes, I mean, there, there's a fellow that calls me, uh, I don't know, once a month, and tells me some outrageous story, you know, uh, that happened to him on his property, some new update on the Bigfoot situation on his property, um, about, like, you know, and he's got crystals, and he does the whole mind speak with Bigfoot thing, you know what I mean? And, like, he calls and chats for an hour, and uh, then I won't hear from him for another month, and then he'll call me back and, you know, um, tell me about some new and it's like, so I could be super annoyed about it. Cause he's obviously, you know, there's obviously something going on with him. Cause you know what I mean? But also like sometimes they just want somebody to listen to him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes, whether your story is legit or not, sometimes people just want someone to, you know, listen to them. And I'm happy to do that. Um, I'm happy. I had an intern this past year who asked me, she's like, how do you do this with a straight face? And I'm like, I don't have to try to do it with a straight face, you know, I'm like, you just listen to him. You know what I mean? Like we've got, we've attached, we've attached so much stigma to this sort of thing for so long, you know, that like, it's nothing for somebody to say like, Oh yeah, I uh, spoken tongues this past weekend at church and no, you know, no one at your, at your lunch table bat an eye because that's fine. But you start saying, you talk to Bigfoot and you're obviously mentally ill, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm like, it's it's super disrespectful to me for, you know, if I, I just, I really like to, I like to listen to them. And that, that's what I always say is I'm, I've got like three demographics. I've got hardcore researchers that I talk to, you know what I mean? I've got people who have no skin in the Bigfoot game. And I have people that had some sort of psychotic episode. You know what I mean? Like those are the, well, and then I guess four. And then the people who, are, who made something up to make themselves more interesting, you know? And I can usually like... <laughs> I can usually tell the BS because it starts out, it doesn't start out with like, Hey, I just, I saw something, you know, across the road in front of me. It starts out with like, it was like a brisk autumn day, probably 68, uh, you know, (laughs) 60. And I'm like way too much, you know, this like the elaborations of a bad liar. You know what I mean? Just
0: imagine the lights dimming before they tell the story.
2: (laughs) Right. right. You know? um, So, but yeah, I mean, a lot of them that's, And then as far as me doing personal research, I mean, I I had the opportunity to go on uh, like an expedition, you know, and ended up having to stay, um, having to stay home at the last minute just because, you know, well, I mean, you've got, you've got kids, you know how that goes. Um, Sometimes you got to, that's what you do. You put your kids first. So, you know what I mean? Um, But I don't do a whole lot of that with like groups. I haven't really formally thrown my hat in with any sort of organization or anything like that. Uh, just because of the, because of the Bigfoot, the the hard lines that are sometimes drawn in the Bigfoot world. I like to, you know, I like to gather these stories and talk to people and I like to look at natural explanations for things too. So, uh, so, you know, that's what I, I try to go with the Bigfoot naturalist thing, you know, um, like big, that's if it's part of the natural world, then I'm going to learn about it and talk about it, you know,
0: it's always nice to have uh, different perspectives of things too, because it's like you have the very woo-woo people with Bigfoot. You have like yeah. uh, the straight researchers. I, I appreciate your view coming into it that it wasn't like you threw yourself into it. It was more like you fell into it. And because of it, it's just, uh, I don't know, you have a different way of going about it. And I like, I yeah, like how you go about doing your I different like research and, the and things.
2: That's, and that's kind of what I go with. Like, a, you know, when I learn, I learn, I learn about things in the natural world so that I can talk about them and educate people on them. And if this if this creature exists and there is a lot of evidence of this creature exists. Um, and if it's something that, you know, can be applied, like natural laws can be applied to it. Well then I'm going to learn everything that I can about it and I'm going to talk about it, you know? And that's, uh, that's kind of where I fall in. I don't do it. Like I said, I do, I spend a lot more time hunting and looking for snakes and salamanders and bird watching than I do actually like squatching, you know? Um, but there's always that chance that I'll see something. And I always try to keep that in the back of my mind. Um, I mean, even just this past, uh, bow season, I was sitting in the blind one day and I could hear something crunching through the woods. And there was that little part of me that, man, I would, you know, like there's that part of me that just wishes I'd see, you know, old tall and hairy come out of the woods. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, um, it hasn't happened yet, but I, uh, sure having fun learning about it.
1: I know I've enjoyed, uh, listening, uh, to everything that you, you brought to the table today, and it it was nice and refreshing that you do know some. We know some of the same people in, yeah, in, in it is this nice. game,
2: yeah. and
1: uh, hopefully, we get to meet in person someday. Yeah, but yeah, before hopefully. we run off, let people know where they can find you and you know the work you do at the state park and everything else one more time. So uh, yeah, so can, as far as, as the goes, as well.
2: if you uh, as far as the state park goes, if you look up Salt Fork State Park on Facebook, the whole thing. Um, All of our programs, all of those things get posted on there. You can find, uh, find me there. Um, You can ask me questions there. Um, And like I said, if uh, actually, I think we started following each other on Instagram, didn't we Shane? Yep. Uh, Yeah. So if you, I'm not that hard to find on Instagram. I don't think I don't, I don't think I have any privacy settings, Um, but you'll, I I
1: found you during the recording of this show. So,
2: well, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you want to contact me directly, like in person, feel free. I'm always happy to talk about Bigfoot, you know, on, a on Instagram. Like that's, I'm a really bad millennial as far as social media goes. Like I, I, am told that I still have a Facebook, like a personal Facebook, but I, I, I haven't checked it for probably eight years. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm, I'm like really bad at social media and, uh, I started following I started an Instagram literally because my, uh my wife used to be a competitive deadlifter and that was one of the ways that I could see like her meets and stuff like that was on Instagram. So I started it like four years ago and it was four years until I actually posted a picture on it. You know, I had like no followers and I just, you know what I mean? But then the, like, I started contacting people and I'm like, well, I, I am going to have to give in and do the whole social media. Thing. <laughs> so, um, which it is a valuable tool. And like I said, I try it to is. post pictures of like, critters and stuff and nothing that'll piss anyone off you know <laughs> so uh i don't get a lot of hate mail on my instagram which is kind of nice
1: <laughs> no in instagram's uh it, it's a fun place once you kind of figure it out i know when the the lockdowns first started and i gotta give a shout out to uh to jamie king i used to love watching him go live on his hikes and his little research and i'll never forget the day he, he was he was live and came across a, a pentagram made out of sticks in the middle of the woods. And oh. <laughs> then him and his buddy Sparky and th- all went back, and the flashlight was going on and off by itself. He ended oh. up getting an EVP. and uh, it, it was some strange stuff, but he was out there doing his, his Bigfoot research, you know what I mean, and stumbled across that. And he's in this area constantly to never <laughs> see that. But it, it was... It was fun because it was like, oh, Jamie's live on on Instagram. I'm sit there and watch him interact and da 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 da. And you know, it, it it's fun times. So,
2: yeah. And even you know, that's that is I I agree. I uh, I like um, I always try to hop on when the Bigfoot Society goes live on Instagram. Um, I always try to hop on and watch Jeremiah's stuff. Uh, hey, strangeness. I try to watch them. You know, I I love his. He, he usually has some pretty fun perspectives. Um, so yeah, I try to, I, I do, I do like Instagram now. I mean, I was pretty, I tried to resist it for as long as possible, you know, and I've got, I mean, I, I, I'm on Twitter, but I have like one friend, uh, I've got a friend in Las Vegas and the only way that we could communicate for a while, like effectively was via Twitter. Um, so I don't really even use Twitter anymore. I was just, I talked to my friend in Vegas occasionally <laughs> on, via Twitter, you know, so, uh, so, yeah, that's um, my Instagram would probably be the best. If you're interested in chatting about Bigfoot or, you know, chatting about any cool critters, you can look me up on Instagram. That's um, Hickenbottom, John. I'm the the Bigfoot naturalist. That's
0: <laughs> And I'll uh, add all of the links in the description, too, if anybody doesn't want to have to Excellent. search it up. They can just make it quick and easy and have a link. They can Yeah, perfect.
1: All right, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Bizarre Encounters. We had a great guest, John Hickenbottom. And uh, I hope you really enjoyed the information that he put out there. And all his links will be in the show notes below. Um, if you have an encounter, um, please get a hold of us. You know, Shane has the technology. If you want to send a voice recording of it I in, and the not technology. really, he does. <laughs> and uh, you know, he can change your voice and what have you. If you want to just send us an email that we can read, we can do that too. But if you've had an encounter, hit us up. Let us know, and we'll gladly schedule you to be on the show and it would
0: be awesome to have a little segment where like we totally would love to have some written out stories because if we get enough of them we'd love to make a little portion in the beginning of the show where we read uh you know little portions of different people's stories so even if it's just a little encounter that you don't feel that you could make a whole episode it was just you know some weird thing you saw in the sky or just like a two-second experience please 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 uh, type it out send it to us so that we can read in the beginning of the show because we would love to do that for you guys and, uh, you know, if there's anybody that uh, you guys would like to see on the show, if you would like to be a guest on the show personally, uh, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, uh, if there's a topic that you would really love to see us break down and discuss on the show or in just in any way, shape or form. If you feel that there's something that you can contribute to the show, uh, hit us up. Uh, the easiest method, I'd say, is probably uh, Instagram because that's the one that I'm the most active on. Um, but you can always email us, too. You know, that's always another viable Pretty easy option. Uh, if you go to our link tree, there's a little contact us directly, and there's a little you know the little basic fill out information thing that'll go directly to our emails, or you can uh, you know just shoot us an email directly, and that's uh, bizarre encounters at outlook.com. and bizarre is spelled b i z a r r e because I know that there's 30 different ways to spell it, so you know just gotta cl- clarify. And uh, if you're coming to check out the link tree, l a n k t r period e e slash bizarre encounters, of course spelled the same way as the email, and with that. Stay bizarre. Bizarre.